I'm enrolling in Medicare soon, and it had me a little confused. Then I found MyHealthPolicy.com. With MyHealthPolicy.com, I could go online and compare Medicare Advantage plans from some top-rated national insurers, including $0 monthly premium plans. I could learn about plans in my area and talk with a licensed insurance agent if needed. MyHealthPolicy.com has made doing my research a whole lot easier. My choice, my Medicare, myhealthpolicy.com. New to Medicare? Start now. Go to myhealthpolicy.com to learn about some of the top-rated Medicare Advantage plans in your area, including plans for $0 a month in plan premiums, low out-of-pocket costs, and expansive provider networks. If you're thinking about a Medicare Advantage plan, myhealthpolicy.com is a great place to go to find a plan that meets your needs. Learn more about your options. Even talk with a licensed insurer agent myhealthpolicy.com son oh my it was fun to channel surf it was kind of hard to do a little pocket pool after you hitting the last channel button 50 times for two hours plus son oh my and his whole idea of overanalyzing oh he's an alcoholic and he misplaced the belt and how could you have someone champion like that the fuck out of here wednesday night don oh my you can have fun you really are everyone believe it or not it's already episode seven of wednesday night donomite don tony here as always i want to thank you all for listening and thank you for your continued feedback praise criticism suggestions you know everybody that follows me knows i go back 22 years doing this shit this is a new venture this is a new challenge Doing a show that has no Raw, no SmackDown, and not only that, let's be honest. I don't care if you're a diehard AEW fan. I don't care if you hate AEW. I don't care if you're a diehard NXT fan. I don't care if you can't get into NXT. But there's no denying that both of these shows are starting to feel like niche shows. That's not necessarily a bad thing. You know, keep in mind how many years TNA was around before they tried the goofy move to go on Monday nights. How many years was WCW around before they went head-to-head with Monday Night Raw? There is no reason why AEW needs to have three, four, five million viewers. There's no re. Well, 
when you think of the size of the arenas that they book and you think of pay-per-view and you think of the expenses involved, obviously it is important that they have some following. But if anybody out there uh, is new, week one, I said on this show that I predicted that AEW's ratings will settle into the eight to 900,000 range. Will there be episodes with a little bit more? Absolutely. Will there be some episodes a little bit less? Absolutely. And by the way, I got to throw this out there. I mentioned it on Breakfast Soup last week. Shout out to Mish. And I got to mention it here too. Yes, if you want to be technical, AEW last week beat SmackDown in the ratings. Anybody that reported that is a fool. Anybody that is rubbing it into the AEW haters or the diehard WWE supporters, with all due respect, you're fools as well. All right, SmackDown was on FS1. Does the ratings suck even though they're on FS1? Absolutely. But trust me when I say this, because I know some of you out there, you're like, no, no, there's no NBA games on Wednesday. That's why they do it on Wednesday. Why do I sound like a very old person? I don't know. But the NBA playoffs, some of those games fall on a Wednesday. Yeah, it's not until next year. My point is, there's going to come a time where AEW is preempted off of TNT for, for whatever reasons. And if they have to go to a different Turner channel and their ratings tank simply because they're on a cable channel that people aren't used to watching them on, then you're going to feel stupid. So honestly, if SmackDown was on Fox, you know, the regular Fox, and they scored that rating and AEW beat them, by all means, gloat, brag, rub it in WWE's face. Absolutely. I think SmackDown is horrible right now. But don't use because they went on a different network and say, oh, AEW beat SmackDown in the ratings. That's Bush League. Why would you even want to push that? Because that just cheapens the aura of AEW. Now, as far as AEW and NXT tonight, I'm going to be honest with everybody out there. This is just an opinion show, and I think if you listen to the entire show, you really will not disagree on a lot of what I say. And maybe on the surface now when I say this, you might get a little bit annoyed at it, but of all the weeks that AEW and NXT have been on television, this week was probably my least favorite of them all. Um, both shows were fine. They were good. But as far as the show's up to date, I really was not into it as much as previous weeks. One problem that happened tonight, matches went on way too long. I mean, you look at AEW's matches, you had Hangman Page and Guevara, that went eight minutes. It felt a little bit more than eight and Guevara is is obviously a future star, no question. I know they compare him to Eddie. I, leave that alone, all right? People are just getting triggered over that. That's not a big deal, all right? But I am a little bit confused of putting Guevara against Paige. Number one, because of the size difference. My God, put Guevara against someone more his size I mean, just to have him lose the page tonight was just a really confusing 
booking of that match. I just didn't like it at all. Um, then you got Shauna versus Hikaru Shida, which went almost 11 minutes. Felt like it went three or four minutes way too long, especially with the way the commercial breaks were. Um, you know, I, and trust me, I'm going to get more into the shows themselves. But when you go down the list, you know, these 10, 11, 12 minute matches last week when AEW had three matches in the first hour, all of them go over 10 minutes long. They were awesome. And that there's a difference between a really strong 10 minutes and a weak 10 minutes. And in my opinion, some of the matches on AEW tonight uh, just felt like they dragged out a little bit too long. And, and the main event tonight to crown the first ever AEW Tag Team Champions. During the night, during the night, did it feel like they were focused about the tag championships tonight? Were there some of you out there when it got to the main event that you might have said, oh shit, I forgot they're crowning the new tag champs today. I know the Rock and Roll Express were there to, you know, they were supposed to present the belts and everything, but there was like no buildup, you know, no real like focus on it. And I, that's something I didn't like either. You look at how some of these matches felt like they went way too long. And this, let's be honest, every main event, look at every main event that AEW has had going off the air so far. Every main event has been lackluster. Last week, yeah, maybe you get a little bit ticked off that it goes to a draw because the time limit, it's 10 o'clock and Moxley and it, it, all right. But the match was still good, but still, a lot of people didn't like that it went to a draw. You look at every main event of AEW closing out their night, There's, it's been less than stellar. And tonight's match was great. That match should have gone 15 to 20 minutes. Not fucking Shauna versus this one. and that. You take two, three, four minutes. And by the way, and believe me, I know right now on the surface, it sounds like I'm doing an AEW shitstorm. Believe me, I'm not because there's a lot that I did like tonight. The reason why I'm saying everything I'm saying right now is because of the main event tonight. The main event was way too short. You had Cody and Tony Schiavone in a limousine. That was pre-recorded. That wasn't live. Why am I hearing about... My mom's going to be there. And I'm thinking about my mom. And I'm thinking about my dad. And I'm thinking about my neighbor. And, you know, the pizza today was a little bit spicy. And, you know, you know, this limousine needs better shocks. And I'm thinking about my brother. And I'm thinking about this. And I'm thinking about that. And it went too long and too long. And that segment went too fucking long. The interview signing, you know, the contract signing, I'm fine with. But the backstage fight. The attack on Dustin was probably the thing that I hated the most tonight. And when I tell you why later, a lot of you out there didn't even notice it, but I did. And this is me nitpicking. But wait, I, I some, some people right now are like, whoa, whoa, what are you talking about? It was great. I, I'll throw it out there right now. I'll throw it out there right now. I loved the idea of attacking Dustin while Cody is at the contract signing because of the relationship between Cody and Dustin. You know what problem I had with that tonight? Oh, and some people are like, wait, what, what was your opinion on the Brandy Road segment? I think that segment was awesome. 
I think Brandy Rhodes fucking knocked it out of the park. This is like some WB, like, you know, teen show that is on with vampires and monsters and sex and makeup and this and that and this. She kills it. She's awesome. And why am I saying that? Because TNT, TBS, Fox, every fucking movie child, 20th century, every company out there, please hire her. She is obviously auditioning to be in a movie or a TV show or a drama or a reality series. Please hire her. Get her fucking off of this wrestling product. I have nothing against her personally. Quite honestly, I think her feet are actually pretty cute. But what do you know what this is starting to feel like? Everybody that is you know, uh, in Khan's inner circle have sold him this bag of beans that they are giant performers. They are the gods and goddesses of pro wrestling. I have nothing against Brandy Rhodes. She could be a character in wrestling. But this last week with her hand, and then today put makeup on and his cleaver and this and music and candles and she blows out and all the can. My God, my fucking hair pasted back as well. I look like fucking Don King today. What is this with her? What is this? Am I missing something? You know, did I fucking get hit in the head and I passed out for five years and it, there's some, you know, product that she was on where she fucking tore it up? I, I don't know what this is. I mean, I understand. Look, give me credit. Give me credit. I know I brag a lot, but give me credit. Two plus years ago, I said AEW will be the first millennial promotion. First true millennial promotion. I don't think there's any denying when you see the content, you see those skits, you see the people in the crowd. This is a millennial product. The problem is this is a niche product. I don't know how many little kids are going to get into this product. Who are the little children role models? You don't have your Baileys, your Roman Reigns, your John Cena's. You don't have that. You know, a, a, a teacher, a dentist, a proctologist. There is none. Then you go to the older fans out there, and I, I just don't know if older fans are really going to get behind this. Sure, there's a lot of lonely, middle-aged and older adults on social media that tweet fuck throughout these shows. You know, I have to tell you about, oh, you know, the ring looked like it had sweat on it. You know, they just have to talk about it. But the overall scope, you know, I don't think this is going to generate. But anyway, let me get back to what I was saying before. The reason why I did not like the attack on Dustin was for one thing that they did, one thing only. Last week, Cody wraps a fucking scarf around his hand, busts it through the window, and beats the fuck out of Jericho, puts him in the polka dots, dinky dots, whatever that shit was, that candy aisle, all right? And it was an awesome segment. It was great. It felt old school ECW. It felt like they let the wrestlers impro improvise, you know, just the, it wasn't overly scripted. It worked great. Now you go one week later, Dustin, think of the whole storyline and the closeness with Cody and Dustin and this is not, they take Dustin, by the way, I loved how Swagger gave him the low knee. If anybody follows MMA, you know why I'm saying that, but they put Dustin's arm through the fucking limousine. 
I want everybody to please go back and look at this. Please go back and look at this. He gets attacked. He gets his arm fucked up and everything, and he's cringing in pain. Cody runs to the back. MJF fucking goes to the back. And not even 15 feet in front of them is Hager standing there. Jericho with a fucking cigar. And at one point, they're like, you know, oh, get an ambulance, get in. And they look up and these motherfuckers that just attacked your brother are literally 10 feet in front of you. You don't, in storyline after last week, you don't get up and try to jump them, go after them, snap. Instead, you're holding his wrist. Oh, did you boo-boo? Did you hurt? Did you boo-boo? You got to get help. You know, Mike, you know, Atlas, go get help. Did you boo-boo? Jericho's lighting a fucking cigar right in front of him and they're on the floor. Did you boo-boo? No security holding him back. That look at it back. Yes, I nitpick, but shit like that, that fucking pisses me off. That was not good. Go back and watch it before you criticize me for it. I just did not like that. Suspension of disbelief was awesome last week. Today, not thought out very, very well. Not thought out. Anyway, before we go any further. Uh, and trust me, when I, I want to continue with the match time deal with NXT because NXT, you know, they they really went way long on some of the matches as well. The only reason why I'm not getting into NXT yet is because these overly long segments and matches in AEW hurt the main event tonight. Even last week, I said that I'm surprised the finals in the tag team tournament isn't on pay-per-view. My God, Full Gear is next Saturday. You couldn't wait one week and put the finals on that pay-per-view? Yes, I know, you know, they they, they want to do other matches, this and that. But if but still, I mean they this got rushed tonight and it didn't need to be rushed. People like that. Anyway, Isaiah Duzan, thank you very much, my friend. He is one of our patrons. He is live at AEW, and he got the um, the dark match results from tonight. Uh, I don't want to give spoilers out because I know some of you are going to watch AEW dark next week, but Sean Spears versus Michael Nakazawa. You have Mercedes Martinez and Big Swall versus Sadie Gibbs and Allie. And there's a third match. I'm um, drawing a fucking blank right now. I can't remember what the match was. Anybody out there remember the third match? I mean, I could pull it up really quick, but um, it actually sounds like a really solid match for AEW Dark as well. I'm sure someone will post it in the chat. Don't fucking leave me out to dry like last week, but definitely a good match as well. So they got three solid matches for AEW Dark next uh, next week. Um. You know, we got to see Sonny Kiss and Dustin team up on AEW Dark, and I enjoyed it tremendously. Uh, Sonny Kiss, I don't know when they're actually going to put him on TNT, but to see that backstage interview after where he got very, very emotional with, with Dustin, I thought it was great. And I'm very disappointed at everybody listening live. Not one person could pull me that actual third match that I needed for the fucking AEW Dark. So I'm going to pull it up myself and I'll credit Isaiah once again for it. But the um, 
here here's the other match. Uh, Jurassic Express versus Joey Janela and Jimmy Havoc. That's the other match for AEW Dark tonight. Um, look, AEW tonight was a, a decent show, but it felt more like a house show that had maybe one or two segments that you would have put on mainstream television. There's no denying it. The live crowd that is there at AEW, they know what they're getting. They know they're going to get an appearance from the Young Bucks. They know they're going to get Omega. They know they're going to get Jericho. They get a little bit of Moxley. They'll get some, you know, really high-flying matches. You get a little bit of comedy in there as well. By the way, I have no problem with Orange Cassidy. See, the difference between Orange Cassidy humor and Joey Ryan humor is, yes, wrestling is carny. Wrestling is circus. Wrestling is goofy at times, not believable, over the top. I mean, my God, let's think back. You know, didn't Kane burn Jim Ross in a fire? Didn't the giant get tossed off a fucking building in Detroit or wherever it was? I mean, there's been some crazy, dumb segments in the past. You have limos getting sawed in half, going through tanker trucks. I'm not finished with you, just like all of you. I hate Roman Reigns. I mean, we've had some Katie Vick. Katie Vick was already dead, chat. I got to ignore this guy tonight. Katie Vick was dead. All right. We knew he fucked the mannequin. But the point is, Orange Cassidy, you see what he does? He has his hands in his pockets, and he acts like he's kicking the opponent in the ring. The opponent isn't fucking falling on the ground, going, ooh, ooh, ah, ah, ooh, ooh, ah, ah. He's not fucking falling over the rope. And what does Orange Cassidy do? Even though he keeps his hands in his pockets, the motherfucker dives out of the ring. He does moves. He hits his spots. But with Joey Ryan, you put his hand on on his dick, you're flipping over the top rope. You're grimacing in pain. You can't let it go. And it's that, that's the difference between Orange Cassidy humor and Joey Ryan humor. All right. Joey Ryan humor. You put his, your hand on his dick and you, you're totally, it's, it's goofy. Yeah. Look at every wrestling show. There'll always be a few people that will laugh at anything. I mean, my God. You'll have people, somebody botches and it looks like they broke their neck. You'll see some people go, you fucked up. You fucked up. Ha, 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 ha. There's always going to be a group. Look at that clip that's floating around online with uh, Joey Ryan and Shamrock, where Shamrock actually grabs his penis. Not the clip from Impact, but the other one. Look at the people, whoever shot that with the camera phone. Look at the people that are surrounding him. Look at the precise moment where... Shamrock grabs Joey Ryan's penis. Look at all the people that just just looking, no popping, looking. Of course, you're going to have a few people that'll do it. And yes, I, I, I'm i not saying that Joey Ryan is not talented. He's a talented motherfucker. But when you have last week or the week before six guys fucking getting tossed out of the ring because of his dick. Now, now, Orange Cassidy, and he fucking does that little slap and a little like, you know, just let me just touch you on your leg with my with my knee or whatever. You don't see the guy falling and selling it. That's why Orange Cassidy works for me. And that's why Joey Ryan's humor does not work for me. So anyway, and we got a lot of news today. 
We have, um, you know, MLW. By the way, bef- before I go any further, uh, best wishes go out to Jay Lethal. Uh, Uncle Tom suffered a broken arm uh, during his match with uh, PCO over in Bolton for Ring of Honor. By the way, let me stop that immediately. I hope all of you saw heard Monday's show. I am a huge supporter of Jay Lethal. All right. He's not a fucking Uncle Tom. I gave my thoughts Monday about what, you know, Jordan Miles said about Jay Lethal. Totally uncalled for, inappropriate. I know a lot of people are still wondering why he even said that. I think it's jealousy because Jay Lethal got the crazy push of Ring of Honor and ACH did not. So, no, Jay, I'm just being sarcastic with the Uncle Tom because of what this Matarat said earlier this week. But Jay Lethal suffered a broken arm during his match with PCO. Uh, Don't know how long he's going to be out, but, you know, Jay Lethal, without a doubt, one of the classiest good guys to come across wrestling in the last 20 years. You know, I, I talked about it so many times in the past. I remember 15 plus years ago, going to Jersey old pro wrestling, sitting in the boondocks and his mom and his whole family would be sitting in the boondocks rooting for this guy. And he just was such an up up and comer, but what a nice fucking guy. I mean, of all the people you're going to criticize, you're going to choose Jay Lethal. Uh, You know, and then this guy comes out with an anti-racism shirt after he calls Jay Lethal Uncle Tom. I hope he bought a case for himself. Fucking Matarats. Listen, this guy, Jordan Miles, right now, he is one talented person. He does not need to make everything black and white. But you see Booker T, Booker T takes him the task. And yes, I will mention him because he's an NXT guy and we cover NXT on these shows. Booker T mentioned him and Booker T said, you know, he he said he's going to stay clear away from it. This guy's not a Colin Kaepernick in this net. What is fucking ACH's response? Jordan Miles. Oh, Booker T, bring me on your podcast today. You have Jordan Miles go on social media and say, look, I need a designer to design me a shirt. Fucking nuclear heat graphics, Shaheen, the guy that does all my graphics now that I am proud to call a friend. He just landed the Starcast gig. He is an artist that made an entire book for Joey Janela. The guy is one of the most talented artists that I've ever personally come across. And this guy would do the graphic for Jordan Miles for free. And what happened? You had, and Shaheen will tell everybody, I told him this. Shaheen contacted Jordan Miles and said to him, dude, get in touch with me. I'll do the graphic for you. I PM'd, uh, and it's funny because maybe he'll contact him now because I'm saying this, but I PM Shaheen. I said, Shaheen, there's no way this guy's going to contact you. He ain't looking for no graphics designer. He is trying to keep his name out there and he's trying to get as much press as possible. That's why instead of just shutting his mouth and living what he preaches, you know, preach what he claims he's he lives by, he wants to go on Booker T's podcast. He wants everybody to t-shirt designs to get all these designers to say, yeah, yeah, you know, pick me, 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 pick me. And then when people step up, you ain't going to fucking call anybody. So this guy is using all of you. He is using the race card. Do I think, do I think Jordan Miles should have every right to be upset at that shirt? Absolutely. A lot of people of color saw that shirt originally and saw, well, it looks like a bad shirt. I see nothing wrong with it. 
And then you tell them, yeah, but look at this. Oh, okay. Yeah. Oh, no, no, no. And I think that's what happened with him. I don't blame him for hating that shirt and insisting it going down. All right. I don't hate him about having these raw emotions that blacks have not been pushed the same as whites in wrestling. He has every right to be upset at that. But now it feels like he's trying to use all of this just to elevate his net worth. And as long as he gets pushed and as long as he goes further, as long as people look up to him with race, you know, that everybody, then he is, you know, the one who benefits from it. Honestly, I've said this many times, and I know 95% of you out there listening do the same thing. We live every day of our lives treating people the way we want to be treated and returned. I don't fucking look at people and say, oh, I got to treat this person extra nice because he's gay. I have to treat this person extra special because he's black. I need to treat this person extra special because you know she's bisexual. No, I treat everybody the way I want to be treated back. Just like when I poke fun at everybody out there, I poke fun at myself 10 times over. I laugh at myself. I joke about myself. I talk about my fucking being called cheese balls back in the day and being a fucking 360 pound weeble wobble Michelin man. My uncle tormented me when I was younger. I could laugh at myself. You know, but this guy, it just feels like, all right, he's doing this just to get himself over. Not, you know, for the all for the reasons you think, but best wishes go out to Jay Lethal. Also, congratulations to Sammy Callahan. You know, anybody that's followed the career of Sammy Callahan, you know, maybe the impact world championship right now doesn't mean as much as it used to and some people feel that sammy callahan has got the title and he's going to be the one to lose it to tessa blanchard because having you know brian cage lose to tessa blanchard might be a little bit of a hard sell but sammy callahan bust his goddamn ass got the Impact Heavyweight Championship. And for people out there that think there's going to be controversy between him and what went down earlier today, for those that, that aren't aware of it, you know, back, back in the day, Tommaso Ciampa and Sammy Callahan, they both tried out for Impact. And Ciampa actually tweeted this uh, over the weekend. Ciampa says, and I quote, um, Sammy Callahan and I attended the same TNA tryout years ago. Neither of us were offered a deal. He later signed with WWE. I signed with Ring of Honor. He quit WWE. I quit Ring of Honor. We both crossed paths countless times around the world. Tonight, Sammy became the Impact Heavyweight Champion. That's what Ciampa wrote. Callahan, in return, writes, I don't give a damn about your validation or opinion. I did this all on my own. You could kiss my ass like everyone else. Blah, 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 blah. Everyone, don't read too much into that. This is Sammy Callahan being Sammy Callahan, but still he deserves to get props for winning that belt. But uh, Rob Van Dam rubbed a lot of AEW fans the wrong way today. I'll tell you, I can't believe now. I'm not saying nobody came up with this term, but Rob Van Dam is the first person I heard it come from. But Rob Van Dam was having some fun with AEW fans today. One thing he said 
that I know I have said, especially about Marco's stunt, and some of you have said it as well, that I think a lot of fans could get behind the smaller wrestlers because you could identify with them because they're similar in size and it shows that, you know, maybe an everyday person could win. That's why when you got someone that's a gritty, you know, maybe Daniel Bryan is one of the best examples you know, of the last 20 years. You know, he looks like a guy that you never in a million years would ever think would get the opportunity to be heavyweight champion. And he's an inspiration for a lot of people. So when Rob Van Dam was saying to some people earlier today, hey, look, you know, maybe you get behind a lot of those smaller guys because you can identify with them. And he says, that's cool. But the one comment that RVD said today that triggered a lot of people, um, he said, and I quote, people who think their opinions are facts are really ignorant. According to my values, which are the only ones that matter to me, impact is way better than whatever else you're marking out on. Most of those all petite cuts don't even look like professional wrestlers. All petite. I didn't even think of that term. All petite. Now he's having nice wards with people online. Because you see what happens online. You got people that are fucking 13 years old, 33 years old, 53 years old, 63 years old. You know, superstars online, tough son of a bitches online, pussies in real life. You know, they don't leave their fucking house. They won't even post a photo of themselves. He's strong, you know, tough people, you know, get behind me. And I'm, I've, and they can't even fucking post their own personal shit. The fuck out of here. I don't have any, you know, trust in anybody that is so, um, uncomfortable and insecure about themselves that they can't even reveal then what they look like or they'll post baby pictures or, or grammar school pictures or 15-year-old pictures. The fuck out of here. So you got all these people going after Rob Van Dam today. Do I agree with Rob Van Dam? No, because smaller wrestlers have been, you know, the last 15 years at least. You have the exceptions to the rule. Ray Mysterio a little bit earlier. Tiger Mask back in the day, even though he wasn't fighting fucking Bob Backlund for the heavyweight title. But you have some exceptions here and there. But in the last 15 years, and I give a lot of credit of it in the United States to TNA with the X Division. I still remember the time, I think it was Samoa Joe, was the first guy to cross over into the X Division that was a heavyweight. Was it Samoa Joe? Anybody that goes back with TNA, wasn't it Samoa Joe? The first, like, big man that actually got involved with the X Division. And I remember back then, a lot of people like, the fuck is Samoa Joe getting involved in the X Division? Well, he's too big. He's fat. He's too big. He can't be in the X Division. And look at the fucking great performances that he had with AJ Styles and Daniels. And it was just over and over. So smaller guys, AJ Styles, come on. He beat Raven and Jeff Jarrett back in the day. How much did AJ Styles weigh at that time? He weighed less than what he weighs now. So I think, you know, if you're calling Marco Stunt all petite, yeah, absolutely. But I think a lot of the wrestlers in AEW would be 205 live guys. I'm not saying that they're not. As talented, I think a lot of them are more talented than some of the 205 Live guys. Did I say 205 205 Live! But, you know, as far as size, there's nothing wrong with that. Nothing wrong with it at all. But I did get a kick out of the all petite reference because that's going to catch on. I'm telling you, 
that's going to catch on. No, Chad, I'm not 217 live. Right now, I think I'm 254 live. 254. But, you know, nice drop from 305 and 365 from a bunch of years ago. Um, so now, let's get into AEW. And then after that, we'll get into NXT tonight because I did see both. And then I have some news to get into as well. And, um, you know, I'll say this before we even get into AEW. I don't listen to Poppy. I'm Poppy. I'm Poppy. I'm Poppy. You know, whenever I hear that, I think of that song, Clave Rocks. Anybody go back with me with freestyle? I, 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 Poppy. I, 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 Poppy. Clave Rocks. I'm not into her music. I started becoming a fan of her when she fucked with KTLA. If any of you out there have never seen that segment, this happened a couple of weeks ago. Go on YouTube, just type in Poppy KTLA and just see how she owned this this news station. It was beautiful. It was awesome. I'm not into blondes. I make an exception for that. But she was going to be on tonight. And if anybody remembers, you know, I, I had mentioned Io Shirai and Poppy because I thought Poppy was doing the music, the new intro music for Io Shirai. This was like a week or two ago. So when we heard that Poppy was going to be performing today, um, I immediately thought of Io Shirai. And sure enough, Poppy did open up NXT. She did her song, I Disagree. And this led to Io Shirai uh, having a, you know, should we just do NXT first? Let's just do NXT first, and then we'll just get it out of the way, right? Because NXT, I mean, one thing I have to point out right off the bat, NXT did not have as many matches um, as, you know, AEW. Then again, maybe they did have as many, but um, I felt that the NXT matches flowed a little bit better. Um, I think the women's tag match with Asuka and Kyrie Sane, um and and Dakota Kai and Tegan Knox are fine. I don't think anybody in their right mind ever thought that there was any chance that Dakota Kai or Tegan, and Tegan Knox were going to win those belts tonight. I felt that match went on a few minutes too long for the simple reason of the number of commercial breaks that went down during it. But of all the matches tonight, I enjoyed that one the most, even with AEW's matches. Um, they really had an awesome match, but I'll get into that in a little bit because this leads to NXT TakeOver War Games, which an, an important match was announced tonight. But we had NXT open up, as I said, with Poppy performing. Io Shirai takes on Candice LeRae. Um, believe it or not, you know, this match went 13 minutes. It felt like you know, it, it got a little stagnant at times. Uh, early on into the match, Candice LeRae got her nose busted open a little bit. But they worked their asses off. The crowd live loved it. And again, that goes to what I said before. You look at the AEW crowd tonight in West Virginia. They were great. You look at the NXT crowd tonight in Florida. They were great. Those fans that are going there know exactly what they're getting when they go there. The problem is for a lot of fans at home, I don't know if a 13 minute Io Shirai, Candice LeRae match is going to keep people's interest. I honestly, and I'm not anybody that listens to DTKC show knows several years ago, I said, remember the name Io Shirai. 
She was fucking awesome then. She's awesome now. I love that she's in NXT because there's no way she would be able to have 13-minute matches on WWE's main product. Three, four, five minutes tops. But, you know, to have them open, you know, one complaint that I have been having about NXT and I've been repeating week after week after week is there's not enough disarray. It's too organized. Tonight seemed like they took NXT and tried to make it as disorganized as possible without without putting it over the top. But Io Shirai beats Candice LeRae in about 13 minutes. After the match is over, Io Shirai continues to beat up Candice LeRae. Rhea Ripley comes out to make the save. And this that's very important because them two will uh, collide again a little bit later on in the night. Uh, next, they're teasing the main event tonight of Kyle O'Reilly and Bobby Fish versus Keith Lee and Matt Riddle. Um, I know uh, every, a lot of people out there wanted Dominic Dijakovic. Did I say it right? Dijakovic? I don't even have it written down in front of me. Dijakovic. Is that right? Because I've been saying it to myself all fucking week. Dijakovic. 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 Is that right? Okay. Dijakovic. I think a lot of people out there want to see Keith Lee and Dominic Dijakovic team up. Instead, we got Keith Lee and Matt Riddle. Who knows? Maybe we'll get Undisputed Era versus Keith Lee, Matt Riddle, Dijakovic, and someone else for war games. Don't know. But uh, now some people are saying Dijakovic. Dijakovic? Is that it? Dijakovic? All right, Dijakovic. All right, now I got it right. I won't make the mistake again. But, you know, hyping up the match a, a little bit later on. Uh, Finn Balor comes out and Finn Balor, you know, cutting a great promo, you know, trying to put a little bit of, uh, you know, look, you go on social media, especially Twitter tonight and some people, you can never please them. You know, they want a little bit more of realism in wrestling. And then Balor, you know, basically cuts a promo and actually sounds like he's shooting a little bit and people are like oh my god he says put someone over he's killing the business and he's doing this i mean there's actual podcasters that were saying that thing complaining that balor is using terminology that is too revealing motherfucker he is the one that you're watching on tv not the reverse he can say whatever the fuck he wants he is the performer you are not but you see finn balor in NXT now, they show clips of him on TMZ. They show clips from the backstage show. They show what happened last week. And you see the difference of Finn Balor on WWE and NXT. And it's not simply Vince Triple H. Vince Triple H. No, it's not as simple. Finn Balor, you put him on WWE TV. And I have said this countless times over the last bunch of years, even though I have had debates with some of my podcast hosts. Finn Balor is in the top three of the most popular guys around the main roster. I always felt that the top three were Roman Reigns, Seth Rollins, and Finn Balor. Seth Rollins obviously getting a little bit more hate lately. And for obvious reasons, even though he's a little bit confused why, you know, he'll use the term fickle. And it's funny because... Seth Rollins uses the term fickle and people get behind Rollins saying the term fickle. Now you're going to see a whole bunch of goofs out there using the same term fickle. Fuck that. 
fickle, fickle my dickle. So anyway, Balor gets on the mic. And as I was going to say, you put him on WWE's main product and he comes off as one of the most popular guys on the roster that is totally underutilized. You put him in NXT, he looks like a superstar. That's the difference between NXT and WWE. Finn Balor is a strong fish in a very big pond on the main roster. You put him in NXT, he is a very strong fish with a bunch of other strong fish over there, but he's the one that stands out. So he gets on the mic. He talks about how two months ago he put over a guy who became the hottest guy in the business because he put on a new mask. Finn Balor then says he took off his mask and now he's the hottest guy in the business. It's great. Nothing wrong with that. Stop reading too far into it. It's great. I mean, my God, they're advertising that Bray Wyatt is going to be interviewed by The Miz on Friday. Does anybody really think that The Miz is going to interview The Fiend? Does The Fiend talk? I mean, other than screaming and grunting and saying maybe one or two words to Seth as he's choking him out, I don't think The Fiend is supposed to be putting together sentences. So does Bray Wyatt come out without the mask? It's not like WWE is trying to make people think that The Fiend and Bray Wyatt are two different people. My God, the advertisement for Crown Jewel tomorrow says The Fiend, in quotation marks, Bray Wyatt. So Finn Balor talking about Bray Wyatt putting on a mask. Uh, Hello? trying to knock on something that you know sounds like a door knock but i don't want to fuck my mic up there was nothing wrong with that he goes on to say that he doesn't watch the business the business watches him he says there's too many fans in the locker room that should be sitting in the arena with the crowd and johnny wrestling will soon be johnny no longer wrestling it was great you know i i, I take pride i take pride for year after year after year after year, uh, appreciating Finn Balor. You know, there's a lot of people out there that fell off the Balor train. I have no problem with them getting back onto the bandwagon and supporting him. And him and Johnny Gargano having this feud, I think it's a great crossover. And I also love the fact that the Kabuki Warriors were on tonight. I think WWE should bring more former NXT. I said in the past, Vince McMahon, in the snap of a finger, or Triple H, whoever you want to say is going to do it, in a snap of a finger, they could bring fucking Roman Reigns on NXT if they want. They could bring anybody they want. But if they focus on stars who were in NXT before, And it feels like they're giving back a little bit to the promotion, to the territory, whatever you want to call it, that got them to the dance. Because WWE, as far as business goes, income, you know, notoriety, merchandise, you know, WWE is, you know, where their destination is. Yes, you have some wrestlers that are more content in NXT, And the obvious reasons make sense because they'll probably get lost in the shuffle if they go to the main roster. Nothing against the Undisputed Era. Um, Nothing against Roderick Strong or Adam Cole or anyone else. But seriously, you look at, and I brought this up last week, you look at a lot of wrestlers on the NXT roster 
And a lot of them have very similar physiques. They look like guys that you would see at one o'clock in the morning in a bar. After they had a couple of beers in them, they're trying to hit on your fucking girlfriend right in front of you. And you can't do nothing but just take it because they got 10 people with them and you just got your, your fucking dick in your hands. And there's nothing you could do about it but fucking take it. Honey, let's go. Let's go. Let's go. I got to get up early for work tomorrow. Let's go. They all look the same. How many wrestlers like that really get pushed to the moon once they go to the main roster? Finn Balor, at times, you felt like this guy is just on fire. And then WWE, people forget how they really had almost nothing for this guy far before the feud with The Fiend. You see some other wrestlers, they get caught caught in the shuffle. They're going to be running around chasing for the 24-7 title. But the Balor segment, excellent. And I hope they continue. Maybe you bring Sami Zayn in. Maybe you bring Nakamura for an appearance. Maybe you surprise everybody with a little Kevin Owens. Samoa Joe, if he's able to return to the ring. There are quite a few people that they could bring in for one or two weeks. And the Kabuki Warriors tonight, that was helped, absolutely helped the War Games match that's going to take place a little bit later. Bronson Reed over Shane Thorne. Um, I'm a fan of Bronson Reed. I thought this guy, you know, is, is, he had his match with Riddle. Yeah, AJ Styles is another one. AJ Styles could be brought into NXT for a week or two. The OC, if they really want to put the OC over there. There's so many people that they could just keep you know, rotating and rotating. And yeah, I know for diehard NXT fans, you're going to be like, yeah, they keep bringing up these people. That takes away opportunities for other people. Well, guess what? This was NXT. It still is NXT. NXT was never meant to be the number two promotion in the world. Yes, it has the WWE machine behind them. But NXT, there's a reason why it performs in front of 200 people. They do pay-per-views and they tour for takeovers and stuff like that, but it's not a promotion that has the machine behind it where it's going to have to produce like a WWE product goes with millions and millions of viewers. I think if WWE, look, if AEW was not on Wednesdays or if AEW was not even in existence, if NXT still went to the USA Network and did six, seven, eight hundred thousand viewers, I don't think anybody would complain about it. You know why? Because back in the day, before you had your MySpace, well, maybe MySpace was around, but before you had your Twitter and before you had your Facebook, there was something we called Sunday Night Heat. ECW, when it went to TNN, I mean, back in 2000 and 2001-ish or 2000 for the most part, ECW's rating was right around a million viewers. And back then, you didn't have a lot of the mediums that you could watch wrestling today other than cable. So you see Sunday Night Heat and they're pushing the lower tier guys and it's only drawing a million viewers, a little bit less than a million, 900,000. You know, come on. You see what I wrote on social media a couple of days ago. You're going to have goofs out there that are going to focus on the fact that Rusev, Lana and Bobby Lesher. Yes, we're not talking about the main roster, but I'm making a point with ratings. They talk about how YouTube they had three and a half million views as of like two days ago. Meanwhile, the Raw rating didn't even get two and a half million people. So they got more views on YouTube than Raw. What does that mean? You can't compare YouTube views to Raw. But the point is, 
the raw rating, two and a half million viewers, 2.3 million viewers, and three and a half, four million, five million views on YouTube, you see how you can try to falsely inflate the numbers and say, and seven million people watch this. So you didn't have that back in the day with Sunday Night Heat or ECW or even early TNA. So getting seven, 800,000 viewers, if they were unopposed, I don't think anybody out there would have any issue with it and would compare it to Sunday Night Heat and others and remind everyone that, hey, TNA for a couple of years was only getting 200,000 viewers. Hey, Ring of Honor, they don't even tell you how many viewers because it's so embarrassing. You know, it's amazing. MLW had mentioned today, and by the way, they're having their their pay-per-view, and the card looks very strong. It's going to be taking place Saturday, Chicago at the Cicero Stadium. Jacob Fatu versus L.A. Park in a no-DQ match for the MLW title. MJF and Richard Holiday versus Ross Von Erich and Marshall Von Erich. Texas Tornado match for the MLW tag titles. Teddy Hart versus Austin Aries for the middleweight title. Mance Warner versus Jimmy Havoc in a Stairway to Hell ladder match. Alex Hammerstone versus Davey Boy Smith Jr. for the National Openweight title. Loki versus Brian Pillman Jr. Tom Lawler versus Timothy Thatcher. Septimo Dragon, Gringo Loco, and Puma King versus Myron Reed, Jordan Oliver, and Cotto Brazil. All right. Not a bad card. Now, they were bragging today how the the numbers, the early buy rate was unbelievable. Uh, the, the numbers were, they never said what they were. But the funny thing is, if it's if it sells out, they'll, they'll tell you, oh, we sold out and we got 10,000 people. Like it's It was such a great number that they don't tell anybody. So I don't think NXT has anything to worry about with their viewership. Yeah. WCW as well. You look at Thunder. I mean, Thunder, sure. You know, we remember a lot of the garbage storylines at the time. But, you know, the talent was pretty strong. I mean, the expenditure that was involved and the commitment that they made to Turner was a lot higher than what NXT is for the USA Network or even AEW TNT. You know, a lot of people out there think that, oh, my God, AEW lost 30 or 35% of their viewers from the first week. Oh my God, they got this is going to be concerning. And you see people in AEW saying TNT is ecstatic with their viewership. They're not lying. TNT is quite satisfied with what they're getting right now. And they don't just air it on Wednesday, they air it on their other shows. They air it on the fucking other channel, who, well, True TV. I've seen AEW just flipping channels over the, the weekend. I see AEW on my screen at least three times a week, not even intentionally. I'll just be going through channels and boom, AEW's on. I don't think people understand how many times AEW is replayed by TNT. So sure, maybe the initial number on Wednesday is the most important one because of advertisers and perception and everything like that. But they are also offering it three, four, five times. There's a a lot of machine behind AEW, not on the level of WWE, but, you know, WWE would be foolish to try to turn NXT into 
the, the WCW or a TNA on that level as far as, you know, commitment. to It's fine. It's fine. It just so happens that they're both on a Wednesday night, so people always compare the two products. So continuing with NXT, uh, we had a little vignette air for Mia Yim. Uh, next, you had Kyrie Sane and Oscar retain the WWE tag titles, uh, defeating Dakota Kai and Tegan Knox. And look, this once again is Oscar and Kyrie Sane giving back to NXT and WWE. Of course, they're getting paid to do it, but this is, in the fans' eyes, them giving back to the promotion that gave them the opportunity to shine improve, hone their craft, get to the dance. And they made Tegan Knox and Dakota Kai tonight look like a million dollars. You know, this was not a squash match. Very, very competitive. And it's a very hard sell to give people a suspension of disbelief that the Kabuki Warriors were losing the tag titles. I think if you would have polled fans, who do you think is going to win the match tonight? 98% would have chosen the Kabuki Warriors. So when you have a match, and this is just my opinion, when you have a match that you already know, it's almost like going to a house show. And I remember back in the day, even forget 80s, even 90s, when Bret Hart was champion or Shawn Michaels or Sid, you know, for a short period of time, Kevin Nash to an extent. When we would go to the Garden and you'd have your WWF heavyweight champion, I mean, sure, we had the Backlund-Diesel match, but for the most part, you never, ever, 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 ever thought the heavyweight champion was losing his title. You would get that suspension of disbelief Holy shit, is this the night that it can happen? Any Maybe it can happen. A, no, it didn't happen in the house show. So when you go into a match, especially in a house show, where you know, oh, Shawn Michaels is going to fight blah, 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 blah. And blah, 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 blah happens to be your favorite wrestler. And you know there's no chance blah, 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 blah is losing it, is going to win that title that night. It's extra hard to make fans for a brief period of time to have that suspension and belief, convincing them that, hey, maybe there is a chance. Yes, you have your fans also that just go for good wrestling. Unfortunately, people, wrestling is sports entertainment. I know back in the day, Ring of Honor, you know, fucking Goofy, whatever his name is there, and Impact maybe once in a blue moon, and other promotions. Oh, that's sports entertainment. We're wrestling. If your outcomes are predetermined, you are a fucking entertainment product. You are entertainment. If your outcome is predetermined, you are entertainment. So you have fans out there that just want to see good wrestling. Absolutely. But since every match results in a win or a lose, or a loss, a win or a loss, for the most part. Yes, some matches get thrown out. Yes, sometimes there's draws and double DQs and no contest or whatever. But the whole idea, when that bell rings, 
The whole idea is somebody's going to win and somebody's going to lose. So even if you're there just for the good wrestling, it doesn't hurt if somebody you like actually wins a match or wins a title. You actually would pop for it, even if you're there just for the wrestling. So for the most part, people are there for the outcomes, the wrestling, the entertainment aspect of it. That's why sometimes someone who wins a belt, especially unexpectedly, a briefcase cash-in, sometimes the person will get a crazy pop. And then after the pop, I didn't even think, didn't Baron Corbin cash in a briefcase once? Or somebody, somebody recently cashed in a briefcase and the fans popped because the person cashed in the briefcase. Then you take a step back, you're like, wait a minute. Why am I popping for Baron Corbin? He sucks. Now, look, he's improved. He's better now than briefcase Baron. But at that time, you pop because of the unexpected, you know, the, the unpredictable. That's what wrestling is supposed to be more than anything. So when you have the Kabuki Warriors defending these titles against Tegan Knox and Dakota Kai, and you know deep down inside Kabuki Warriors are going home with those belts, you're going to go 17 minutes, 17, 17. That is long. 10 minutes is long when you think about it. May not sound all that long on paper, but 10 minutes is an awfully long period of time. You're almost doubling that. So you have to really suspend disbelief. And that's what the match was tonight. The match was great. And in the end, the Kabuki Warriors won the match. But Dakota Kai and Tegan Knox won even though they lost. I hope people understand what I mean by that. I'm sure a lot of you will always go back to the Steve Austin, Bret Hart WrestleMania match that even though Steve Austin lost that match, he won. They got a huge push, a huge rub from them tonight. And that was absolutely necessary because after the match was over, you have uh, the four horse women coming down to ringside, Shayna Baszler, Jasmine Duke, Marina, Marina Shafir. They start attacking Dakota Kai, Tegan Knox. You had Bianca Belair go out there a little bit. You had Io Shirai come back out. Rhea Ripley, Candice LeRae turned into a little bit of a clusterfuck, but a lot of disarray. And this leads to William Regal getting on the mic and announcing the first ever women's war games match. And honestly, I have no problem with it whatsoever. Nice change of pace. Nothing wrong with it. I saw people online ripping the shit tonight out of Jessamine Duke and Marina Shafir. And I'm like, people always start somewhere. They are MMA, all right? They're trying to have a successful wrestling career. You got people out there that I don't, I don't know what it is. Unless you are an unbelievable performer, you get criticized. You know, it's never just, you know, just average. I mean, they they were getting ripped apart tonight across side because I, I have most people muted on social media. I have every podcaster, every blogger, website host, especially writer muted. And the reason being is because when I make my comments or I make little digs, you know, I don't want to feel like, oh, shit, I can't write that because this person kind of wrote this and I don't want them to think them. So I don't even want to see what people write. 
but I do just an overall search. I searched tonight. Obviously, I wanted to check a few things. I wanted to get a little backdrop with the Kenny Omega intro, which I thought was great. And it gave me a little video game flashback. If some of you were on Twitter, you know what I'm talking about. But I was trying to figure out, and this is why I did the search. You actually look at this on paper. You have Dakota Kai, Tegan Knox, Rhea Ripley, and Candice LeRae. Four. You go on the opposite side, you have Shayna Baszler, Jessamine Duke, Marina Shafir, Io Shirai, Bianca Belair. Five. It, it's not going to be five on four. So either, either, in my opinion, Bianca Belair is the odd woman out and it's four on four, or they're going to add a fifth member to, you know, the team of Ripley, LeRae, Knox, and Kai. So right now it's five on four, but that's why I was doing a search to see, was there a fifth person that I'm just forgetting tonight on that team? And there wasn't. And all I kept reading was complaint, 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 criticism. They suck. They're terrible. This and that. And I think this is just a little bit unfair. I think it's a little bit unfair. Everybody's got to analyze every little fucking fart about every single person. And unless this every single person is an unbelievable, you know, just awesome talent, or they just look sexy as fuck, and then they could be the worst wrestler in the world. And as long as they could, you know, play pocket pool, you know, they'll just shit on the people. And it's a shame. But they did announce later on in the night that Rhea Ripley and Shayna Baszler, my cheek hurts now. I actually grabbed my cheek and you know, try to make it sound like something. Anyway, uh, Rhea Ripley and Shayna Baszler will be the captains for their team for uh, the War Games match. And I, I am going into it with open eyes, open mind. I think it's a nice little change of pace. So next we have Tyler Bate beating, um, excuse me, Tyler Bate getting defeated by Cameron Grimes. Uh, not a bad match. I mean, Cameron Grimes, I still can't get into. I mean, Tyler Bate, obviously, over with the crowd. And this stems from last week when Cameron Grimes got knocked in the face. You know, but the match towards the end, you had Killian Dane come out, distract Tyler Bate. Cameron Grimes hits his move. One, two, three. I don't know. I just, something about Cameron Grimes, I can't get into. I don't know what it is. I just, and he's not a bad performer. I mean, you could see the guy obviously could work. But, you know, there's a reason why some people are in NXT, will always be in NXT or will get released. I'm not saying that he is in NXT purgatory, but there's some people that you just close your eyes and envision him on the main roster. I don't see Cameron Grimes on the main roster. You know, I think probably as close as it would have been, maybe if he would, you know, if they would have had that successful unit with Eric Young and maybe you had, you know what I mean? It's like, you, you put him there for what? You know what I mean? It just, there's something missing with Cameron Grimes. He's talented, still something missing. So now we have the main event, which obviously was entertaining. And with some questions later on, I'll reveal something now. Somebody asked me, who is my current favorite non-main roster WWE guy right now? And honestly, and this is come quickly. I know a lot of you out there will immediately say Jericho. I know some of you will say Kenny Omega. 
Some of you will now say Finn Balor, and deservingly so, because Finn Balor is now NXT. He's not main roster, technically, but Finn Balor hasn't had an NXT match in quite some time. But for me right now, the guy that I enjoy watching the most that is not on the WWE main roster, and this is across AEW, MLW, anywhere. And, you know, I would even put Killer Cross as my choice, but Killer Cross is not working television right now. Um, that guy obviously has it, has everything put together and it's only a matter of time. I know a lot of people go tick tock, tick tock, tick tock. He, he's, he's going to get it. He, he's just being very patient and, you know, just counting the days and you'll, you'll see him on TV. Uh, and I still think that Killer Cross is a better fit in AEW. Um, but as far as television products are concerned, for me right now, my favorite wrestler to watch can anybody figure it out? Keith Lee. Not because I'm a big guy like him or any. Maybe that's part of it. But that guy is so agile. He reminds, I, I think I said recently, like he's almost like the black Bam Bam Bigelow. And I don't want anybody to look at that as a racist term. I mean, we had the black nature boy. I mean, we've had, you know, terms like that. That's not meant to be like that. He reminds me of a very agile Bam Bam Bigelow. He reminds me a little bit of Vader. You know, I just, I really enjoy Keith Lee. I think Keith Lee is NXT heavyweight champion uh, by this time next year. Uh, chat says Bam Bam was 360. Yeah, uh, Bam Bam, you know, his weight fluctuated over the years. You'd be surprised how much it fluctuated at times. But Keith Lee... Definitely my favorite right now. Some of you out there will probably even choose Matt Riddle, and deservingly so. But, you know, great match tonight with uh, Riddle and Keith Lee teaming up against O'Reilly and Bobby Fish. I'm not going to lie. I'm getting a little sick and tired of the Undisputed Era, you know, constantly closing out this show. This isn't Degeneration X. This isn't the NWO. They're all talented. I got to see Roderick Strong more than anybody else as far as here in the Indies back in the day. They were all talented. They're all deserving the positions that they're in. But week in and week out and week in and week out and week in and week out. You know, I, I know Ciampa's being thrown in that mix. And now you got Gargano having his feud with Finn Balor. But, you know, something needs to shift. This, this, it's, it seems like too much focus and, you know, look, it, it, my thinking, common sense, Velveteen Dream needs to be brought into this and it needs to happen soon because, you know, the, there's some disarray right now. The ending of the night was in disarray. The women set up for war games was in disarray, but that's not enough. It feels like it's in disarray simply because war games is coming up. And yeah, things get all a little crazy because of a pay-per-view. And then once the pay-per-view is over, it's back. Yes, I know Velveteen Dream is hurt. And that's why he hasn't been wrestling, common sense. But they need to get him uh, back. So let's see Let's see if he's able to return by the time War Games takes place. I think Ciampa, you know, has got to get involved in that as well. So you have Ciampa, Lee, Riddle. And you know what? I think I just figured it out. You either have Ciampa, Lee, Riddle, and Velveteen Dream. And if Dream can still not compete, you could have Ciampa, Lee, Riddle, and Dijakovic. I don't see anything wrong. I don't think anybody would complain about that at all. Look, Shazzy, 
yes, I I still feel Matt Riddle is a barefoot pussy. You know, it's the, the, the way he uh, talked about Goldberg and stuff, and I know younger wrestling fans out there and fans that don't like Goldberg style may disagree with me on that. I just, you know, I, I there's a lot of Matt Riddle's personality I don't like, but I don't take it personal, and I will never, ever doubt or, you know, diminish the fact that he's talented. Look, Impact Wrestling, you know, Ed Norholm, those people running Impact Wrestling right now, you know, I have to be obviously careful of how far, you know, I call them pieces of shit, but I sincerely believe this. And not because, you know, I like Killer Cross or he's listened to our shows for years and years and years or, you know, he's a friend, you know, not close, not personal, but you know what I mean. But I say this anyway. I think any American wrestler has to be out of their goddamn mind to do business with a Canadian company unless there is some type of, you know, legal involvement from the get go. Because I think people out there don't understand. You know, in defense of fans out there, a lot of fans don't know the the the, the legal procedures with taking someone to court or suing someone. But if anybody out there um, likes to expand their knowledge, goes on the internet, you know, it's amazing. You know, I talk about how, you know, my six-year-old nephew, knows how to go on YouTube now and actually recorded like a 10 minute podcast trying to make fun of me. And I actually was going to post the link, but I, you know, I didn't want to reveal my, you know, six year old nephew, but um, I was amazed that he knows how to actually record and live stream on YouTube. And for anybody that's not aware of it, starting January, all the non patron shows I do are going to be video going video. It's about time I go video. You got to progress to the next level. I've been offered uh, a gig to do a satellite radio show and there's video involved. Um, so I am upgrading the, to video. Yes, there'll always be an audio option to download because I don't want anybody's data plan to get used up just by watching, you know, us, you know, what we do. But, you know, when I saw my little nephew doing a video, number one, it made me feel even goofier because I'm saying, wow, he could do it and I can't. But it's amazing how there are people out there, you know, podcasting two, three, five, 10, 15 years and don't even know how to record audio. You would think that they would spend 10 minutes out of the last two, three, five, 10, 20 years to maybe read and learn. And you should always want to try to expand your knowledge. So if you want a topic to really check out that you'll find fascinating, go look up how does someone in the United States sue a company from Canada and look at accident cases, look at things online. And when you realize the what's involved with it, I would never Ever, ever, I ever, unless it's a family member, and I don't even know if I would do that. I would never, in living in the United States, have a contract with a company in Canada, because if something goes wrong, it's not simply, oh, let me pay twenty three dollars, contact Small Claims Court, send them a, a an order that they got to appear in Small Claims, and that's the end of it. It doesn't work that way. So, 
even with that said, with the whole thing about impact and the way they handled the Killer Cross situation, I still cover them on these shows. They definitely deserved to be talked about, especially with their product. There's some very talented wrestlers there, and there's, you know, things going on. They just debuted on Axis TV. I don't know what kind of numbers they're going to get. I think in the beginning, their ratings are going to be extremely low for the simple reason that there's so much focus on, you know, AEW, even MLW to a certain extent, NWA Power that just had episode four today. And for anybody out there that is going to check out NWA Power, I don't want to give out spoilers, you know, because you could just go on YouTube and watch it. But you had um, Trevor Murdoch fighting Josephus. Um, and if he wins, he gets an NWA contract. You had the Dawson's versus Homicide and Kingston in a no DQ match. Marty Bell versus Ashley Vox. Aaron Stevens versus Ricky Starks. And um, you had the team of James Storm and the Wild Cards versus Colt Cabana, Nick Aldis, and Mr. Anderson. Um, and, you know, winner earns a shot of national championship. Not a bad card. James Storm was on it. Nick Aldis. He had a few people. Uh, I think some people are starting to complain, and I've seen it, uh, that they feel the roster is way too small. That's something I've been saying for a while. I mean, I challenged people two, three weeks ago to write down 20 people who are under contract with NWA. And hell, I think the Rock and Roll Express are going to be there in the very near future. So you can't like choose, and I'm not saying the Rock and Roll Express are under AEW contract. My point is, is that you're going to see familiar names in different companies. MJF is going to wrestle for MLW this weekend and he's AEW guy. You know what I mean? So you're going to see wrestlers commingling with other promotions. There's nothing wrong with that. But NWA though, a lot of people are starting to say, wow, you know, this roster is really, really thin. Well, not for nothing. Now you understand when I was saying that, you know, when they record two, three, four weeks of tapings in a two-day period, you know, the guys, when they record all of this stuff, at the end of the day, they just want to take a hot bath and go to bed because they're so tired and draining. But they try to stretch that out over three or four weeks. And yeah, yeah, Maddie, this week's episode was filmed over the weekend, but not the last three they did three weeks worth of shows in one week, and it's starting to wear a little bit thin. But as I've been saying for the last month, this is still a pilot. This is still a work in progress. They're not looking to become this, you know, go to the next level. You know, Billy Corgan is doing it right. He's taking his time. He's doing these very intimate shows. He's pushing a core number of it. Look, a lot of those wrestlers, my guy, Colt Cabana, you know, Joey Ryan is the porn star of wrestling. Colt Cabana is the whore of wrestling. And I say that with compliment. That guy works fucking everywhere. He's very reasonable with his price. He's talented. He's a good worker. But he's not, you look at him, you don't say NWA guy. But Tim Storm, Nick Aldis, you immediately say, up oh, NWA guy. You don't have too many like that right now. Um, so it's, it's foolish to think that NWA is trying to go further right now or to even complain about the roster being thin because right now they're trying to build a base and this day and age, 
everything is instant gratification. You know, oh, you you want to know uh, the results of the World Series? Oh, let me just Google it and I'll get it right now. Oh, what's the weather tomorrow? I'll just go and punch in my zip code. Oh, I'm a little bit horny. Let me go on pornxx.xs.com. I got naked chicks in, in front of me in 30 seconds, you know, and my load is already blown and I'm already fucking washing my hands. Everything is instant gratification. Immediate, immediate. Hell, we weren't even five minutes into the show and I had to give everybody the matches for AEW Dark. So everybody wants instant, instant progress, instant gratification, instant push. They want everything to be to the next level. And it's not that way. And good for Billy Corgan because it's tempting. Right now, we just found out that OVW, OVW is now going to broadcast live every Tuesday, 8 o'clock on YouTube. Now, OVW, I don't know when the last time some of you thought about OVW, and I, and actually I'll segue with OVW in a second. Anybody who was in Discord before we went live, you know why I'm saying OVW right now. Um, but OVW is a promotion I don't think a lot of people thought about for years and years and years. Now they want to stream live on YouTube, and they're using a set time, and they're trying to get fans to, hey, you think of 6.05 p.m.? Let me tune to TBS. Hey, it's 8 o'clock on a Wednesday or 6 o'clock on a Wednesday. Let me tune into this. Oh, it's Tuesday. Let me tune into YouTube and NWA Power. So you see all these promotions doing all this. So Billy Corgan, he's doing a pay-per-view because he needs revenue you got too many people out there. You'll you'll have 10,000 people who say, oh, my God, I can't wait for the 10 pounds of gold series to come out. I'm going to buy it. Oh, I can't wait to see it. And six months later, you have 9,900 of them going, oh, you know, I bought it, but I haven't had a chance to watch it yet. My DVD player is broken. I can't put photos of myself because my cell phone camera is broken. I can't put things over here because my computer is broken i can't watch this video because my vcr is broken always excuses you know oh my god it comes out i'm there i'm there you know how many shirts that we you know were put out for our shows like three years ago we put a design out there just as a photo and you have all yeah hundreds of people oh my god put that in a shirt i'm there i'm gonna be the first customer a year later three people bought it so anyway, so OVW is going to be on Tuesday nights now. So Billy Corgan right now, taking it slow, resisting the temptation to push it too far and blow your load. And when you blow your load and there's a very small audience there, you know, that's where you start losing crazy money. So right now, they only have a couple of names that identify with NWA. They don't need anything else right now. They don't need anything else right now. By the way, OVW. Look, once it's colored in, people will say it looks nothing like OVW anymore. And I'm sorry for those listening uh, in Mixler right now because I have no way of posting photos in the chat room. But I invite anybody out there, if you want to check out a Discord channel, um, just look at the general chat on a Discord page, even if you listen on a download. All you got to do is go to the date of October 30th, 2019, 11.36 p.m. And just go to our general chat and you'll see the logo. AEW filed a trademark 
for the Inner Circle logo. Now, this is a perfect example when I talk about lazy podcasters and lazy websites out there. You go on all these websites, you go on all these podcasts, and you saw them talking about the AEW trademark that was filed for the Inner Circle. Not one of them posted the logo. Now, look, I don't check every fucking website out there. Uh, I'm not quality control, but every website that I did check out and every podcast that talked about it, none of them posted the logo. Instead, they wrote the description of it. The mark consists of a term inner circle in the outer ring of a big circle with the term inner on top and the term circle on the bottom. Within the larger circle is a depiction of the eye of providence, which which are different size circles that intertwine geometric shapes with the logo of all elite wrestling in smaller size situated at the bottom right side. None of them fucking bothered to do the research. They cut and paste from PW spyware and because PW spyware didn't even post the fucking trademark. I took it upon myself to do the research and I and I got the actual logo. So I posted it just now on Discord. But the reason why I bring up OVW, I invite everybody to look at that logo. And then again, once it's colored in, probably will look nothing like it. But tell me this, the middle, the center of that logo with the O and the W, tell me that doesn't look like the OVW logo a lot. To me, it does. But that is the logo they're looking to trademark. And yeah, there's a little bit of news. I just wanted to mix in as well. So um, let's uh, finish up some other news. And I'll get into AEW tonight, which we haven't even done yet. How long have we gone so far? Hour and 22? All right, I think we'll be done in about 20 minutes. Um, AEW. Uh, before I get into the results, a little controversy this week. I think some people called it a TNA move. Um, no, I actually got to give credit to Tony Khan. And even though I criticized Brandy Rhodes earlier, even though I criticized Cody Rhodes sometimes, I have given them nothing but praise for the hard work and the work ethic and them really doing everything they possibly can to make AEW work. They definitely deserve all the credit in the world. It doesn't mean they don't lie. It doesn't mean that they are not a little snaky at times. This is the wrestling business. Nobody is an altar boy. Nobody is a priest or a nun. Nobody fucking passes a lie detector 24-7, 365. Things are done to, you know, to trigger people's emotions. When I said two years ago, two plus years ago, that AEW is going to be the first millennial promotion. When you have a fucking goofy Newsweek that says, hey, would you ever consider having women's tag titles in AEW? What do you expect them to say? No, no, no. We're content with just the men. You realize how many women you piss off by saying that? So what do you say? Oh, yes, absolutely. No, there's no reason why not. And then you have ignorant people. They'll ask the young bucks. Hey, you know, do you think all the wrestlers in your company will one day have health care? We would love for everybody to have health care and we will do everything possible. And you know that's not true. And I've given you the reasons why. And it's not anything else. But you say what sounds good. You say what people want to hear. So what happens this week? Tony Khan is a very intelligent person. And I know for a fact some of you out there saw this a mile away. You get credit for putting out the fire. You started. I always use this analogy over the years. 
several years ago, there was uh, a couple of fires here in my neck of the woods, I think two or three, and we had the same fire department called to these fires. They were within, I think, two months apart, the three fires, and you had one fireman in particular that you know was considered a hero, heroic. I mean, he was rescuing people, putting out the fires, rescuing animals, and then he got arrested. He was the one that started the fires, started the fires to put them out. What am I talking about? Yeah, you kind of feel like it was a little TNA move. You had AEW issue a teaser last week that they were going to make a big announcement. I think it was Friday or I don't remember what day it was. Late last week, going to make this big announcement. And people are like, oh, my God, what's the announcement? Oh, my God, what could it be? What could it be? What could it be? What could it be? And then literally like an hour or two before the announcement was going to be made. Oh, we're only two hours away. And then they go on Twitter. We're five minutes away from the announcement. Stay tuned, everyone. Get your guesses in. And people are thinking of the, the craziest things. And God bless the fans for thinking that big. God bless them all. But AEW, big announcement, big announcement, big announcement. And then finally the announcement came. And the announcement was that they're going to be in Jacksonville, Florida on January 1st. Well, AEW got shitted on by a boatload of fans, including a lot of AEW fans. That's something Dixie Carter would do. That's bullshit, that's bullshit, that's dumb, that's dumb. So what happens an hour later? You know, Tony waits until the fire is big enough for the newscast, you know, to, to be around to cover it. And then Fireman Khan swoops in, turns the water on, and what does he do? He puts out the fire. He tweets, instead of making fucking phone calls, take that shit down right away. You don't, you think, do you think someone that handles AEW social media account is going to just tease announcements for a whole entire week, three hours before, two hours before, five minutes before, and Tony Khan is nowhere to be found watching football? This guy knew the entire week what was going on. So what do they do? Hey, if we get the backlash, don't worry about it. I got a plan. He knew what the surprise was. He wasn't in the, pun intended, dark. He wasn't in the AEW dark. So they were getting shitted on. Compare it. That's something TNA would do. So what does Tony Khan do? He waits an hour, waits till the fire is nice and smoky, you know, but not big enough where it's uncontrollable and he can't put it out. And he tweets, Tony Khan, he tweets the AEW Twitter account and he says, let's not, let's do our best not to toy with people's emotions. We got people who aren't near the Florida market all excited. So now we got to come up with another huge announcement. Let's make it happen, AEW. Let's give them a big announcement. And what happens? <laughs> hook, line, and sinker. You got a lot of millennials especially. Oh, Tony, you care about us. Tony, thank you. Thank you. We don't live anywhere near Florida, and this is not a big announcement, and maybe for Florida, but not for us. Thank you, Tony. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you, thank you. If you were a woman, I'd kiss you. Motherfucking new. Do all week what they, what they were doing. He's smart. He's intelligent. He is a billionaire. We are not. 
Very smart man. Give him credit for that. And look, you're not going to have fucking Virgin Mike Johnson, you know, and all these goofs out there that are ever going to say any of this because they need their AEW rub. My God, you see how many podcasters are out there that are literally begging AEW, look at me, look at me, look at me. We got the biggest audience of all of these podcasters not named Conrad and Cornette and Bischoff and all the pros out there. And no one will ever give you or us any acknowledgement whatsoever. And honestly, don't be insulted by that. Take it as a badge of honor. You know, we're all labeled as talk. We are one big family. Yeah, I've been doing this since 97. I don't do it to hear myself talk. I do it because everyone enjoys it. And I always look to do more. I always look to do better within my means. As long as it doesn't get me sick, as long as I don't lose my relationship or my job or more sleep over it, I will always bust my ass to be straight up with all of you out there. And a lot of shit that we talk about, you know, maybe you're not verbally talking with me, but everybody we communicate through social media, private messages, email, patron, non-patron, and we all know what's going on and we keep it real. And, you know, you you will find people that will not, you know, call them out on things like this because they want to be on the good graces. They want that rub. They hope one day to be on that aisle with Chris Van Vlay, Vlay of Fish, interviewing the Rock and Roll Express on Dynamite. So anyway, Diamond Dallas Page did an interview over the weekend, was asked what kind of contract he has with AEW, and his answer was none. He said that he has no contract with any company right now that he's he knows Cody since Cody was a kid. He just wanted to help him out a little bit. And he's got a lot of friends in WWE and he still wants to have a relationship with WWE. So, you know, Diamond Dallas Page trying to be neutral, not trying to, you know, make, you know, favors, you know, favor either side. And good for him because that guy helps a lot of people, not just, you know, creatively but he helps him with the yoga with the weight loss spiritually guy's a really good guy now i want to bring this up oh and by the way you know what let me mention it since we talked about the whole announcement for anybody that does live in the florida area they are going to appear in jacksonville new year's day january 1st tickets are going to go on sale this friday november 1st at 12 noon go to www.aewtix.com and you'll get the details on uh, prices, blah, 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 blah. I think tickets start 20 bucks. Very reasonable. And uh, if you're in the Florida area, go check it out. By the way, I want to shout out Andrew914. He is a regular at NXT, sits front row every time, always wearing Don Tony garb. You know, and he brings multiple Don Tony shirts that you will always see him on NXT television. And he is the one, my paisan, that wears the uh, Don Tony stuff. So. Thank you, as always. Now, right before I get into AEW's show tonight, one thing I should bring to everybody's attention, the main event for Full Gear, which is Chris Jericho defending the AEW heavyweight title against Cody Rhodes, they are going to have a three-judge panel. We don't know, you know, the judges yet. Who knows? Maybe it'll be Arn Anderson. You know, it's it's got to be somebody unbiased. You know, I kind of like, you know, Lance Storm being one of them, but you have three-judge panel. If, 
if if Cody Rhodes and Chris Jericho go to a 60-minute time limit draw. Then a I don't know how people I don't know if you're gonna like this or not, but if the match goes to a 60-minute time limit draw, then a panel of three judges must vote a winner. So I don't know how people are gonna react to that. To me personally, I don't like that shit at all. This is predetermined, this is sports entertainment, and the idea uh that uh, someone who is not in the ring could determine who was the winner and who was the loser. This takes suspension of disbelief for a minute. If a match is choreographed for this person to dominate this person in storyline, why the fuck would the judges pick the other person? I don't know if I like that idea. Can Jericho go an hour? Absolutely. Have you uh, seen him wrestle in Japan? Well, maybe it wasn't exactly an hour. That son of a bitch could go. I don't think it's going to go an hour. I don't even know if it's going to go to a clear-cut winner. But they're giving the suspension of disbelief that if it does go to a time limit draw, that three judges will choose the winner. I don't know if I like that. I think the people in the ring are the ones, in any promotion, should be the ones. This ain't fucking, you know, those, what is those reality shows on TV that fucking Paul Abdul is on and, you know, all this talent shit, you know, America's Got Talent, American Idol. This ain't American Idol. I don't even give a shit who the judges are. It could be my favorite wrestlers all time. Oh my God, Terry Funk, Magnificent Morocco, blah, blah, blah. They're the judges. I don't care if my father was the judge. I don't want to judge determining that this person won or this person. Then what do we get? A storyline? Wait, what did the judges got paid under the table? Oh, by the way, congratulations to the Washington Nationals. They are your 2019 World Series champions. And for everybody out there who tweeted me and PM'd me, sorry, Patreon, Patreon, non-Patreon, email, Twitter, Facebook that said, Oh, what do you think about the collapse of the Astros? Yeah, they lost in the end, but they went seven fucking games. You never try to determine the World Series after two games. I learned that in 1986, and it was just funny watching all of these people online, especially in the podcast where I don't like criticizing fans out there because we're all fans, but people are supposed to know a little bit more. Uh, I, I don't know if it's just stupidity or they just do it to get attention. I don't know. But anyway, so that's the deal. The three-judge panel. I don't know if I like it, but, you know, we'll see what happens. So anyway, AEW Dynamite tonight. And yes, this recap will be a lot quicker than NXT's for the simple reason. I already talked a lot about AEW's show tonight. But you had the opening match of Hangman Adam Page beating Sammy Guevara. Uh, Match went eight minutes. Felt it was way too long. Um, there was one point that was just really just, I, I'm a stickler to detail, but there was one point where Adam Page literally, look, you look at Private Party, who's still up and coming, but they're going to be stars. You could see that. You could see some matches with the Lucha Brothers. You could see it tonight with the Young Bucks in their match. One problem that I don't like about too many high spots is the opponent bending down for an extra long period of time. I don't even like it when somebody stays bent down too long for Seth Rollins' curb stomp. 
the suspension of disbelief of the person that just happens to be standing crouched like he's trying to take a shit or something. And then the person takes a little too long. I don't like that. And there was one part tonight in the match where Hangman Page, it looked like he bent over just so Sammy Quivara could put a headlock on him. And I don't know. I didn't like the match that much. I think Quivara should have been put up against somebody a little bit smaller that it could be more of a competitive match. Um, you know, look, look at Umberto Carrillo. He faced Rollins and Styles. He didn't face Strowman and Lesnar. You know what I'm saying? Like, I think I'm not saying Page is the size of Strowman or Lesnar. My point is it was more similar in size, style. I would have liked to have seen Guevara against someone else. But since Page is taking on Pack at uh, full gear, you know, they needed to put Page on TV today. And, you know, it was funny because towards the end of Page's promo, which was very short, he said that at full gear, he's going to do some cowboy shit on pack and started to get a cowboy shit chant, which was pretty entertaining. Um, I think it's going to be a good match, but I'm just confused at the choice of opponent. Uh, before that match even occurred, there was, um, you know, like a piece of paper on a wall saying it was Tony Khan's office. It looked like a typical WWE segment. Moxley goes in and he's yelling and screaming at Tony Khan and pissed off about what happened last week and blah, 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 blah. And don't treat me like an outcast and this is that. Isn't it funny that he was a lunatic fringe in WWE and now he is the lunatic fringe? I mean, think of what WWE's vision was for a lunatic fringe and look at him in AEW. It's just, it's, that just shows you the, the stupidity of WWE of what their, their perception is. And that's why, like I said, you know, you see some NXT guys that say they're very happy in NXT because they know that, you know, you have a choice, have a comfortable income and maybe not get the giant notoriety that you always dreamed of right now, at least, and stay in NXT or do you risk going up to the main roster, getting a little bit of notoriety, and before you know it, psh, your push or your exposure is totally taken away from you? You know, I think some people would say that about Mike Kanellis and others. Yes, he had the problem with painkiller addiction and everything, but, you know, there's a lot of wrestlers who get called up. I mean, how many of you out there were complaining about Nakamura's push, complaining about Asuka, complaining about a lot of people? I mean, now it, they're getting a lot of uh, acknowledgement and getting a little bit of a push. There's a lot of wrestlers who have come up to the main roster that people have complained about over the last couple of years. So, um, you know, so you see how Moxley's being used in AEW. They're letting Moxley be Moxley. That's the best way to put it. But, you know, seeing Tony Khan's, yeah, Ben, you, you're going exactly what I was thinking tonight. I'm not saying this is going to happen sooner than later. But I looked at that sign that said Tony Khan, that now they're acknowledging his name on TV. I wonder how long before Tony Khan makes an appearance on television and becomes a character. I, I don't know. I don't know. I think right now, if he does interviews, I think his immediate answer, which is what he thinks everybody wants to hear, 
No, no, no. My main, my concern is behind the scenes. Let the stars do the work. Let them be the focus. And you see that coming on an interview. I wonder how long before he becomes an on-air character. I'm not saying it's going to be good or bad. I'm not complaining about it at all. Who knows? Could you imagine? He might go on TV and end up being the fucking biggest heel, you know, as far as a promoter goes. Not as as much as Vince, but you, you see what I'm saying. So, But anyway, um, so we had Guevara lose to Hangman Page. Next, you had Shauna uh, losing to Hikaru Shida. Uh, 10-minute match. That was a match that I thought, again, a little bit long, um, at least three or four minutes. Now, for those that don't know much about Shauna, you know, she's wrestled for Pro Wrestling Eve, the same promotion that Jamie Hayter's wrestled for. She's wrestled for Kamikaze Pro, a few other promotions. Shauna and Hikaru Shida actually have wrestled before, going back, I believe, as far as 2016. So this is not the first time that they're in the ring together. They had a, 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 a great match, but let's be honest. You look at AEW's women roster, you look at WWE's NXT roster, the women's roster, there's not, it's not even close. The NXT women's roster is just far superior. I mean, you have a couple of very talented women in AEW, no question whatsoever. But you see that they have to bring in this person from here, this person from here, you know, people you've never heard of before with no advance notice. And I'm not saying that's a bad thing. I like Jamie Hayter last week. I thought she was great. You know, this whole, you know, Brandy Rhodes was just asinine stupid. And, you know, you have Shauna come out there, you know, oh, you know, she's from blah, 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 blah. And, yeah, that is a nice change of pace to see people that we have never seen before that were being introduced. Not everybody saw the Mae Young Classic. Not everybody saw, you know, NXT UK or TNA UK, whatever it was, global impact. My point is, it's nice to see some people introduced that we've never seen before. The problem is, how many of you out there really want to stick to watching an 11-minute Shana match? Shana na. Shauna versus Sheeta. Sheeta is great. The live crowd loved it. The live crowd knows what they're getting when they go there. As far as the people at home, I don't know if that match holds interest for 11 minutes. But it was a good match. They worked well together. And in the end, Sheeta does defeat Shauna. So now we have Vilea Fish uh, on the stage area. He introduces Ricky Morton and Robert Gibson. They come out with the AEW tag titles. They're going to be presenting it later on. Uh, funny, funny, funny. Next thing you know, they're, they're attacked by Santana and Ortiz that have the quote-unquote loaded sock. Uh, it was just, I don't know. I kind of laughed at the loaded sock. That is an old-school attack, but, you know, you could see that they were being very careful with the Rock and Roll Express. But I'll tell you, if you're going to destroy any legends, the Rock and Roll Express are a great, you know, duo to do it to. They could still take bumps. Ricky Morton got thrown to put through the uh, the powerbomb through the table in the stage area today. And they, they yeah, they look old. But. Still, they could take bumps. They're Hall of Famers. 
anybody that is old school or maybe younger fans that, you know, go back and look at the 80s. I mean, one of the greatest tag teams in the history of pro of tag team wrestling, period. Bar none, just absolutely phenomenal. They could still take bumps. If you pop for Mae Young and Moolah getting fucking attacked, you should have no problem popping for Robert Gibson and Ricky Morton getting put through a table. And the whole reason for that segment tonight was not for them to present the tag titles. Hell, as I said earlier, you went through the night tonight and it felt like there was no importance put on those tag titles other than fucking Gibson and Morton just coming out for a brief moment. Their appearance was designed specifically to get more heat on Santana Ortiz when they take on the Young Bucks at full gear. Nothing more, nothing less. It succeeded. It did its job. And, you know, Ricky Morton took a nice bump as well. And, you know, that that's where it left off. Next, you had Trent Barretta, Chuck Taylor, and Orange Cassidy versus John Silva, Alex Reynolds, and QT Marshall. I already talked about Orange Cassidy. I have no problem with his humor. He actually does fucking hit spots. Uh, match was to spoof the Rick and Morty because they've been advertising the last couple of days that Rick and Morty were AEW bound. It was a fun segment. It only went three minutes long. It did exactly what it needed to do. I saw people online that had a problem with it. And I'm like, why? It was a three-minute segment. You know, there actually was wrestling in it. And again, at least Orange Cassidy doesn't do Joey Ryan shit where he simulates, you know, he does that little thing with his legs simulate the kick. You don't see the wrestler fucking selling it and falling down and fucking going over the top rope. They, they look at him like, the fuck are you doing? So, you know, it was a fun little thing. And, you know, Rick and Morty, uh, look, Adult Swim, it's, you know, more of an adult cartoon. I'm not a big fan of the Rick and Morty show, but had no problem with that at all. So now, uh, during the night, as I said earlier, you had that awfully long limo conversation between Cody and Tony Schiavone. No problem with Schiavone, no problem with Cody at all. That segment hurt the main event tonight. There is no reason to have him reminiscing. Like, if you want to do that next week, the, the last AEW before the pay-per-view, fine. You want to put music in the background and he's looking and there's a fireplace and it's dark and fucking, you know, maybe you have Brandy in the background. She wears contact eyes like the boogeyman. She's going, ah! You could do, you could have him ponder, reminisce. You could have him look at old photos. You could even, you know, get some tears out of him. But this limo segment went on and on and on. And the funny thing about it, I don't know if anybody realized it, but you had participants in that match, you know, Beretta, Taylor, and Cassidy versus Silver Reynolds and Marshall in the ring while this whole limo segment was going on. I didn't like it. The limo segment went way too fucking long. But now we have the contract signing. Jericho, Cody at the table. They have some woman there. I don't know what the purpose is. You know, hey, you want to be on TV for for five minutes? She kept looking at the same fucking blank paper, looking at the fucking AEW. Look, look at this logo. Look, what, what pretty little gray colors. A pretty little logo. 
I, I you know, they do what they do. I, I like, I like the little incidentals, the little post-it note sign here, you know, and things like that. It makes it give a little bit more realism to it. So I have no problem with the contract signing. You know, you had the back and forth with Jericho and Cody and, you know, teasing that they might brawl a little bit. The crowd was into it. You know, this contract signing the fans enjoyed. I enjoyed it. Uh, towards the end of it, Sammy Guevara pops up on uh, the big screen. He's in the parking lot and uh, they show Jake Hager beating the fuck out of Dustin, giving him the, the low knee and then smashing his arm on the door. And as I said earlier, I like the segment up until the point where he got his arm smashed. When you go back and you look at it and you see Cody and MJF just standing there looking like goofs, you get the boo boo. And meanwhile, these motherfuckers are 15 feet in front of them and they're not being held back and they're not trying to fucking rip the heads off of of Hager, not trying to rip the head off of fucking Guevara, not trying to fucking shove that that lit cigar up at Jericho's ass, but instead they're embracing uh, Dustin. Get help. Get help. You get a boo-boo. The boo-boo. That was horrible. To see, do you look at the camera shot again? You see them literally standing next to and then they're just very nonchalantly like going into the limo. Hey guys, you, you want Italian or Chinese? It was just, man, that was so bad. And I know a lot of people won't pay attention to that. I don't mind. You don't have to pay attention to little detail like that. But for me, I pay attention to that. I didn't like that at all. To me, that ruined a lot of that segment. So overall, good contract signing, no doubt. Gave more heat to Cody and Jericho. But that last part was very careless on their part, especially after last week with that brawl in the concession area. Now, you had next Kenny Omega, Matt Jackson, and Nick Jackson versus Kip Sabian, Jack Evans, and Angelico. And before that, Kenny Omega, they had a little video package. Um, it was pretty damn good. It was old school video, old school graphics. Um, you know, just basically sending messages, cleaner, remember your friend, your best friend. He was never on your side. It's only a matter of time before everyone else goes. It was just a really cool old school segment. But I wrote this on Twitter. I posted the logo on Twitter. And unfortunately, no one got it right. But then again, I haven't been on Twitter over the last hour and a half. But when I saw that one like sinister logo that Omega had on the screen, I immediately had flashback to a video game that I used to play as a kid. Does anybody out there ever remember the video game Sinistar? Remember? Run, run, run. Beware, coward. I hunger. Remember that game, Sinistar? You look at the Sinistar logo and you look at that, say, it looked like fucking Sinistar. I was looking, I was going, I hunger. Did, any old school video game fans out there will know what I'm talking about, but segment was great. You had them come out dressed up a little bit because remember Halloween is tomorrow. And for, and for those that are interested, tomorrow, immediately after uh, Crown Jewel, I will be doing a pay-per-view recap. Uh, I will be doing it solo. And, um, you know, remember Crown Jewel starts, I think the pre-show starts at 12 noon Eastern Standard Time. So that's why I want to wrap this up soon because 
I still got work to do after this. Got to get sleep. Got to get to work a couple of hours early tomorrow so I could leave a little bit early. Then after I do the recap, I got to head back to work tomorrow. It's going to be a crazy day. But uh, nothing too good for all of you out there. I always do what I can for you. But, you know, you had um, the Young Bucks dressed like Street Fighter. Kenny Omega wearing, you know, mask as well. You know, decent match. Fun. Gave the fans exactly what they wanted. You know, went about 10 minutes. And you had Omega, Matt Jackson, and Nick Jackson getting the victory. And, you know, crowd ate it up. I mean, there was a little bit of goofiness during the match. And, you know, maybe a little bit too many spots to some people's liking. But it was not a bad match. Um, next, you had Peter Avalon and Leva Bates come out. I I know he's good on the mic. I know he's annoying. Shh, shh, shh. It's like if Ravishing Rick Rude went on a hunger strike or if I could be a little bit more sinister, sinister, I hunger. Actually, if Ravishing Rick Rude, you know, you know, got sick and was very hungry and, you know, turned into like 80 pounds and was on his deathbed. That's what Peter Avalon, the fuck is the, that robe? I mean, it looks like, it, you know what it looks like? It looks like some goof that works in Walmart that, you know, wants to dress up for Halloween. So he fucking sees a robe, a robe in like the men's like, you know, porno department, puts it on and thinks, you know, he looks like a wrestler. I know he's a talented wrestler, but unfortunately, though, look, this is the reason why he hasn't won a match. He got punked out by Moxley today. You know, Moxley basically, you know, just pissed off and, you know, the match is going to be unsanctioned or the last week's on. He just wants to tear fucking Omega's head off. And he wants AEW to treat him like a freak show. Moxley is being truly the lunatic fringe. And it works great. I think, arguably, is Moxley the most over guy in AEW right now? Is that wrong for me to say? I don't know. I think Moxley might be the most over wrestler in AEW right now. I mean, other wrestlers obviously are tremendously over but I tend to lean towards Moxley. But um, next, you had the main event, the Lucha Brothers, Pentagon Jr., Ray Phoenix versus Frank Kazarian, Scorpio Sky to determine the first AEW tag titles, uh, tag champs. Not a bad match. I mean, it, it was a good match. It went 12 minutes, but it felt like a long 12 minutes. It felt like things were rushed in certain areas. It did not feel as important as it should have been. This is, I mean, my God, of course, the AEW heavyweight title is the most important belt in that company. And they treated that, I thought, very, very well. I mean, just put a lot of in emphasis on that title. This match was good, but it just felt forced. There was some spots that felt forced to me. I think this match should have went 20 minutes. I think this match should have had more near falls than it than it did. I think it should have gave the suspension of disbelief that they're putting their careers on the line because they want to be the first ever AEW tag team champions. When the match was over, it felt like, oh, you know, I lost, you know, there's always tomorrow. I think it should have been saved for pay-per-view. 
I think it should have been safe for pay-per-view. I love the fact that they didn't have any cost-to-fuck finish, that it ended. You know, I think a lot of people are very surprised that Kazarian and Scorpio Sky won it. My concern is how long do they keep it? We don't know who their first feud is going to be. I would think they'll probably have a return match against the Lucha Brothers. Um, I'm curious to see how long they keep those belts. But that was your AEW program. And look, overall, it was not a bad show. AEW and NXT have not put on a bad show yet since they have been head to head on Wednesday nights. Today's show, though, it felt... I, I, I didn't... It, of all the shows so far, I probably enjoyed both shows tonight the least. It had its moments. The women's tag on NXT was killer. Um, But again... You know, that that idea that you know what the outcome is from the get-go is is what it is. The tag titles tonight felt like it should have been treated with a lot more prestige. It should have had more segments. That fucking awfully long ride in the limo, I think, is part of what hurt it. You know, a little bit, you know, with the detail with the segments, there were a few things I didn't like. But even a match selection, if you look at the match selection tonight, there was a two or three matches that I could have dealt without maybe different opponents it just felt like some people were just thrown together that's how i felt um i don't know what the ratings will be like this week especially with game seven of the world series a game seven is going to get attention no matter who the participants are um i think nxt should have gotten a little jolt over this but game seven obviously will hurt it uh, Finn Balor being an NXT is not going to all of a sudden generate hundreds of thousands of people. So because of the World Series, I wouldn't be surprised if both shows are right around the same level as last week. Maybe they go down another 50,000 viewers, but I don't think anybody should read too much into that because of the fact that we had the Game 7 of the World Series tonight. But um, it wasn't a bad it wasn't a bad night. I mean, it was, for wrestling, it was not a bad night. Uh, now, some just quick questions. Jersey Shore Reject, besides a few big names, does NXT feel like a bunch of no-name people with random matches? No. The random matches once in a while. The thing is, though, is that if you watched truly watched NXT on almost a weekly basis, it should not feel all that different. What happens now is you get you find out who was really watching NXT weekly and who was lying. Because you could see the way people react on social media. That if they were watching NXT on a regular basis, they would not be so surprised on certain things that go down. They would not be so confused of why certain things go down. They would not act so surprised when they see certain moves from some some people. Um, So, no, I don't feel like there's a whole bunch of no-name people. Remember, this was NXT. It was supposed to be the develop, would you call it the developmental system for WWE? So now it's a developmental with TV. That's what it is. I think some people try to make it like the next TNA and AEW is the next WCW. You know what I mean? I I think people need to keep things in perspective a little bit more. Paul, I like you, uh, big fan of Rhea Ripley. I think Rhea Ripley, out of everybody in NXT right now with the women, I think I am most excited to see Rhea Ripley go to the main roster. I would pick Io Shirai before Rhea Ripley, 
But because of the way WWE did not handle Oscar's run all that well up until recently, um, I like Rhea Ripley. And believe it or not, I think I actually like Rhea Ripley more than I like Tessa Blanchard. Tessa Blanchard is obviously talented, but you see what happens, people. She's attractive. So right away that, you know, that man, you know, the the testosterone kicks in a little bit. So they got to be extra complimentary simply because she's a female. Then the fact you have the that she is the daughter of Tully Blanchard, you have all the uh, adult males out there will name drop Four Horsemen, Tully, use Tully in the first name like he's like a, a distant friend. Oh, oh always love Tully. Always love Tully. You know, you, 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 Tully was always, you know, like Tessa Blanchard because she's Tessa Blanchard. But I like Rhea Ripley a little bit more. Um. You will see her on the main roster, Paul, without a doubt. And as I answered earlier, DJ White Sox, my favorite wrestler right now on TV that is not on WWE's main roster is Keith Lee. I really enjoy Keith Lee quite a bit. Roger Rubio, do I like the heel turn with Balor? I think so. I think you could tell the last two weeks I've talked about it. Uh, Look, I think he is coming off more of a disgruntled WWE wrestler that is going to take it out on NXT stars. He feels that he should have more attention on himself. Bray Wyatt put a mask on. He's a bigger star. Finn Balor took a mask off. He's a bigger star. And that's what it is. The reason why I like the Finn Balor storyline and even the promo tonight, what I was afraid of tonight, more than anything, what I was afraid of tonight was the typical WWE promo when someone turns heel. They kind of did it with Bailey. They've done it with others. What is the typical lazy WWE promo that they've doing? They've done for years and years and years. Person turns heel, comes out, interview segment, and the person says, I don't know the WWE universe and explanation. And that's really it. They might say one or two words, but for the most part, their promo is no promo. So I was just hoping to God they didn't have Finn Balor come out and say, I I owe no explanation to these to the these NXT fans. Or or the the I I like the fact that he actually opened his mouth. He kept it simple. And no, it wasn't, oh, look at the terminology. He said he put someone over. The fuck out of here. He looks like a badass, Phil. Yes. And Finn Balor. Look, anybody that listens to my other shows, you know that I have been defending Finn Balor quite a bit. A lot of people said that, you know, should leave, be released, this and that. Finn Balor, to me, top three most popular wrestlers, WWE's main roster. So put him in NXT and that popularity will remain. I don't know how many casual WWE fans will tune into NXT just to see Finn Balor, but he can't hurt it. He can only help it. Uh, Andrew and I will fall with the success of the NWA studio set. Could I see maybe TNA do a recreation of the Impact Zone? Yeah. Impact right now is all over the place. I, I brought this up before. It seems like they're watching WWE with the Lana storyline. Oh, we'll put a little sex stuff in here. Oh, we see a little Lucha Underground stuff. We'll put some death stuff in here. Oh, we see a little bit of this. We'll put a little of this in there. Oh, we see a little bit of this. With a, we'll put this in there. I mean, it's just all over the place. 
It's all over the place. Now, maybe that's not a bad thing. You know what I compare Impact Wrestling to right now? And I think somebody will actually like this comparison. They're like a buffet bar. It's not like a really fancy restaurant that you would spend a lot of money on, but you maybe would drop 10, 20 bucks and you walk into a buffet that may have ribs, chicken, burgers, shrimp, pasta, pizza, eggs, potatoes, crab legs, squingili, lasagna, baked ziti, chicken fingers, zucchini sticks, mozzarella sticks. Yeah, that's what it seems like. It seems like they're a buffet table right now. Not meant to have you drop two bills for a nice dinner, but maybe you drop 20 bucks for a little bit of fun. That's what it feels like. I don't know if people agree with me. Let me know if you agree with me. That's my impression of Impact Wrestling right now. I don't think they have an identity. I think their identity has been ruined over the last two years, which is unbelievable. It feels like once they got rid of uh, the broken Hardys, it feels like a lot of their identity went with it. And no, Impact Wrestling was not just the broken Hardys and the compound and all that, but it just felt like, you know, people leaving, leaving, leaving. Look how many people have left Impact over the last year. You'd be surprised. You actually look at a list. There's some lists online. I think you'd be pretty blown away. You see how many people have left. Uh, shout out to Anna, Don Tony's political advisor. If AEW ever failed and died out, where in my mind would I see the roster going and ending up? Uh, back to where they came from. I think Kenny Omega would go to Japan. Uh, you'd see the Young Bucks go to Japan, maybe a little bit of Ring of Honor. I'd see some absolutely going to NWA. Um, would one or two people go back to WWE? Sure, why not? If the money is... Look, people that work for AEW are going to portray AEW as being the greatest place to work right now. You, it, That's the right thing to do. You will have some WWE people like Seth Rollins and others that will defend WWE to the moon. Then you'll get these goofs like Forbes today that says, oh, a whole list of NXT wrestlers are trying to get released because they, they're broken promises. Just think about that for a minute. Go, go Google the article. Forbes wrote that today. Just think about NXT, what it is. What fucking broken promise? You're in a developmental territory. What broken promises? They, before TV, what broken promises? You, it, it may sound like a great article. Oh, I hate this article. And half of those articles, they don't even put a name behind it or if it's a it's a fake name. It's garbage, toilet material. Like I said, if people out there can't post their real name or an, a current photo of themselves, no high school photo, no 15-year photo, no fucking photo when you were in someone's uterus, you can't fucking post something about you right now you deserve no play. You deserve no exposure. You should not be on a website. You should not be writing for Forbes. You should not be doing a podcast. You know, you should not be, if you're that insecure that you can't, you write for Forbes and you, and, and I don't know who fucking wrote that article, but there's been a lot of garbage coming out of Forbes. And I realize now, you know, and I'm not saying this to sound like an asshole to all of you out there. I think you and I could probably write for Forbes in a heartbeat if we fucking applied for it. I, I think they just take anybody. It's garbage. What I'm reading out there is garbage. Garbage. Aaron, Drew Gulak held the Cruiserweight title 108 days, not as long as Neville's 
uh, record 196. Do I think Leo Rush is the perfect person to surpass Neville's uh, Pax reign as Cruiserweight champion? No, I don't think it really makes a big deal. I don't think WWE cares. I mean, look, could someone surpass Pax WWE Cruiserweight title reign? Sure. Take the record off of him. He's in, you know, AEW right now. Yeah. But I don't think Leo Rush has to be that person. Leo Rush, look, you know, six months ago, people thought he would be done, gone from WWE. Now he's their cruiserweight champion. And he really turned the corner a couple of weeks ago. I don't know how many people liked him being almost like a baby face last week. But, uh, you know, give him a chance to have a little bit of a reign. But him having to have a record title reign, I don't think it's necessary. How many days should Jericho and Rio hold their AEW titles for? In his opinion, the title should not change hands too often. Oh, I agree with almost any promotion. I think Rio's championship reign will be ending sooner than later. Um, Jericho... You see all of the publicity and exposure that AEW gets because Jericho is the is the the head guy right now. So I think Jericho having that belt is definitely necessary for at least a few more months at minimum. Jericho is ECW's Terry Funk from 97. I used that comparison when he first got the title. And there's no, I don't care when you see people out there, oh, he's 48 years old or whatever he is. Yeah. What does that mean? He, you see how much fucking publicity and exposure. You have ice cream companies, fucking baseball teams. You got politicians running for president, putting over Jericho and AEW. You need as much publicity and exposure as possible right now. Jericho is the perfect person to keep that belt for a little while. No rush to take it off him. But Rio, though, I've brought this up since week one. Look how they've handled Rio. What Do you know anything about her? You know what the funny thing is? I think the one thing that people know the most about Rio is that she was trained by Kenny Omega. And the funny thing is, is that that's probably the least thing that we need to know about her. But everybody thinks, oh, you know, because Kenny Omega trained her, that's why she's got the title. You know, I don't even care about her weight because she actually had suspension of disbelief. She won with roll ups and sun and she did she she and she only had two matches so far. So Rio's title reign will come to an end and they have done a piss poor job, you know, really getting her, you know, just introducing her to the kid. That's the problem that AEW is still doing. They're still assuming that all of the people tuning into their product have been following AEW or some form of it over the last year or two. And there are so many fans out there. You know, when you say, oh, we're trying to get the fans that fell out of love with wrestling. Well, introduce us to people. Tell us why this person is special. Don't just say, oh, he, she was trained here or he was this or that. Build it up. Give reasons. Don't just throw them out on TV and assume that everybody's followed their careers because again, uh, you know, Sheeta and uh, uh, I mean Shauna earlier, she's not bad. I've actually watched a few of her matches online, but the idea that you just throw her out there and put her out there for eleven minutes, thinking that you're going to keep fans' interest 
all of the fans, you know, no, I don't think, and there's nothing against her, but, you know, you can't just keep throwing people out there. And if you're going to throw someone out there and they only wrestle three minutes, that's one thing. When you bring someone out there and you have two commercial breaks and you have them wrestle for 12, 13 minutes, that's another. So, and Mike, your best bargains, LLC, which non-WWE promotions do I see teaming up or establishing a working relationship with one one another? Um, I'll tell you, it's funny. I, I am starting to wonder if we will see like a little commingling with a promotion with uh, NXT. I wonder if you have like Evolve in NXT, even though, you know, yeah, Evolve is sort of working with WWE already, but I could see that possibly happening. I think Impact Wrestling right now, I think they would fucking welcome any wrestling promotion with any momentum right now to co-mingle with them a little bit. My God, they fucking tried to tease the Young Bucks to come back for that one night only TNA. And if I were the Young Bucks, I mean, look, there'll be class acts about it, but personally, I would be like, are you fucking nuts? No fucking way. You know, I think I think that Impact Wrestling just dying to be with anybody right now. Uh, MLW, I could see joining along with anybody for the simple reason that they're more of a regional promotion. So I'm not knocking MLW right now. I think they could use a little bit of a, a feud. We have already seen Ring of Honor and New Japan have a little commingling, and that didn't work out all that well. Um, and as far as AEW goes, look, you'll see a little AAA. You know, you'll you'll see them get involved with more with the Japanese wrestling. Um, AEW right now just needs to take their time, continue building their foundation. Right now, it feels like, I mean, let's be honest, with the exception of Moxley, it feels like everybody who works behind the scenes for AEW are the ones getting, you know, for the most part, the most push. You know, if you really look at it, it feels like everybody behind the scenes instrumental with AEW's, you know, developing, with the exception maybe of Rio, you know, feels like they're the ones getting the focus. Now, that's probably smart business because they trust them the most. But if this turns into the Jericho Omega Young Bucks show too much and Cody, obviously, and, you know, look, I got to see Awesome Kong on TV. Why the fuck is Awesome Kong not squashing people on TV, even for a minute? She should have already been on TV three weeks, squashing three fucking people. I don't know why they're holding so many cards. I mean, there's no reason why you can't cut down on a fucking limo segment for a minute or two and throw Awesome Kong out there and just totally annihilate someone. Anyway, everyone, with that said, I am out of here. Uh, I got to work on this next week. I ended up going slightly less than last week, but this went long, had a lot of fun, and I want to thank you all for the support as always. Everyone, once again, follow me on Twitter, at Don Tony D. Never feel that you can't approach me, agree, disagree, criticize, praise, anything I don't bite. I don't snap. I'm not one of these podcasters that gets triggered and you got to walk on eggshells before you criticize. You can say anything you want to me. If you think I'm wrong on some things, please tell me, educate me. I always have one ear open to listen. 
I don't talk at you. I talk to you. How many podcasters out there talk at you? I talk to you. We're having a conversation, even though you only hear my voice. But please send your feedback. It is very much appreciated. Um, Once again, I will be on tomorrow after Crown Jewel doing your pay-per-view recap. For those on Patreon, Mish and I will be doing Breakfast Soup on Friday. Uh, Next Monday, I will be taking off from the DTKC show. So Kev uh, will probably be giving you uh, a special a non-patron edition of Castle Chronicles, so go check that out. And uh, I'll return next Wednesday with your next edition of Dynamite. Thanks, everyone. Take care, be well, and I'll talk to you soon. Ciao. I'm enrolling in Medicare soon, and it had me a little confused. Then I found MyHealthPolicy.com. With MyHealthPolicy.com, I could go online and compare Medicare Advantage plans from some top-rated national insurers, including $0 monthly premium plans. I can learn about plans in my area and talk with a licensed insurance agent if needed. MyHealthPolicy.com has made doing my research a whole lot easier. My choice. My Medicare. MyHealthPolicy.com. New to Medicare? Start now. Go to MyHealthPolicy.com to learn about some of the top-rated Medicare Advantage plans in your area, including plans for $0 a month in plan premiums, low out-of-pocket costs, and expansive provider networks. If you're thinking about a Medicare Advantage plan, MyHealthPolicy.com is a great place to go to find a plan that meets your needs. Learn more about your options. Even talk with a licensed insurance agent. MyHealthPolicy.com. I'm enrolling in Medicare soon, and it had me a little confused. Then I found MyHealthPolicy.com. With MyHealthPolicy.com, I could go online and compare Medicare Advantage plans from some top-rated national insurers, including $0 monthly premium plans. I can learn about plans in my area and talk with a licensed insurance agent if needed. MyHealthPolicy.com has made doing my research a whole lot easier. My choice, my Medicare, myhealthpolicy.com. New to Medicare? Start now. Go to myhealthpolicy.com to learn about some of the top-rated Medicare Advantage plans in your area, including plans for $0 a month in plan premiums, low out-of-pocket costs, and expansive provider networks. If you're thinking about a Medicare Advantage plan, myhealthpolicy.com is a great place to go to find a plan that meets your needs. Learn more about your options. Even talk with a licensed insurer agent myhealthpolicy.com